This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. It does kind of remind me of like the line art of Picasso. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Why don't we keep the whole million? Providing insight. This reminds me of uh, Walmart.horse. Commentary. Don't puff your chest out all hot saucily. And conjecture. The Supreme Court has <laughs> roundly rejected prior <laughs> restraint. <laughs> Gutterball. It's pretty locked in. <laughs> Man. We were right on top of that thing. Tight, tight, tight. Tight, tight, tight. How's it going, Brad? Uh, it's going pretty good. I'm, uh, you know, back in the land of uh, gutter balls after a long absence. It feels good. You've been away. I have been. Life has been a little emptier. You know, even though I was, you know, taking in all the majesty that this country has to offer, I have to say that it was still, there was a pervasive emptiness. Mm-hmm. 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 So, it's good to be here. It's great to be here. Great to be here. Looking at the great uh, Lebowski. Yeah, not so great this minute, though. No, it's not a good minute. Um, but I, before we get into the, where, what have you seen? Where have you been? So where have I? What have I seen? You've well, just been all over the place the last couple of months. Yeah. Yep. That's true. That's true. Well, my latest additions are I uh, spent a little bit of time in uh, Chicago. Starts with C, ends in O, and the middle is Chicago. Yep. Some time there in C, Chicago. Uh, saw the great sights there. All the great sights? All the great sights. Uh, saw our friend Spax. It was all good. Spax! He's what a stute he is. Oh, the one, of the, one of the most. One of the most stutes. The stutiest of is. stutes. Yep. Indeed. How's yes. old Spax doing? Uh, he's doing, he, he seems to be doing pretty good, I'll say. Uh, we, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Drank some beers, had a few laughs. Yep. Had some burgers. A few burgers, few laughs, yep. All, all of that is completely true. Yeah, I it's don't not doubt even it. Just, we had some beers, we had some laughs, and we had some burgers. We <laughs> had all of those things, it was perfect. <laughs> Did you have them at the same time? Uh, Yeah. Shit. We had them at the same time continually over a several day period, so it was perfect. Awesome. Uh, yeah, saw the uh, yeah saw some of the sights there. Right downtown Chicago, man, is pretty nice. I have to say. Yeah, give it two months. Yeah, that's true. The <sighs> the weather will change. I've been there in late October, maybe. Gets a little dicey. Yep. Yeah, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. But I've only been there. This is my second time in Chicago. My first time was so brief it barely counts, but I was there. Both times in the in the nice weather zone. So Yeah, I was there once in a nice weather zone, and it's beautiful when it's beautiful. Yeah. Did you see those uh pictures I put on my Tumblr? I did. Like that's like downtown. It's just like one giant art installation. I have stood in front of that giant mirror ball. That, yes, that the, the uh, cloud gate memorial to the great Neil Young album. So it's uh, yeah, yeah, 
But they had like the thing, like the kid, the giant kid. If you saw that one. I don't know if I saw the giant kid. Which from the picture you can't tell. I mean, I saw it in your picture. I don't think I saw that right. when I was yeah, there, well, I though. I don't think it's there, like, all the time. I oh, think I see. these things kind of move in and out, is my guess, although I don't know. Pretty sure that I saw was that. Actually, that kid was actually, like, video. He was moving. Oh, shit. But not, like, really doing anything, just kind of being there. Like, yeah, I'm a kid, kind of, like, looking out at you, kind of, like, smiling and just being there. But it was like, a, yeah, it was somehow... I guess it was projected, but, you know, in broad daylight, it was still, like, totally as uh, clear and contrasty as ever. That's crazy. That's They were using some kind of crazy, like, Bono godlight for that. Yeah. But then, every once in a while, he would spit water out of his mouth. <laughs> okay. And if you notice, all the kids around there, they're all in their, like, uh, swimsuits and everything. They're all just waiting to get sprayed. Who doesn't want to get spit on by a <laughs> giant kid? Exactly. It's you know? Pretty, it's good stuff. It's good stuff, that Chicago. This is like 2004 all over again. Um, did you see... Now, this wasn't one of the big ones, but I got the feeling that it was there all the time. It was a series of... So, it was almost like a wind chime... But pretty humongous, not humongous, pretty big, mm-hmm. maybe the size of like a, a regular bedroom, maybe. And okay. around the exterior of the bedroom were hanging like chains and the wind would blow and it made a visual, quite a visual spectacle, but also this like strange like undulating metallic sound. I kind of stared mm. at that thing for like half an hour. I don't know if that was there. Or... I if I mean I did not see it. I'm not going to I can't say that it wasn't there, but I'll just say that I did not notice it. It may have just been, you know, right around the corner the whole time and I just missed it. I wanted to say this was a couple years ago, but I wanted to say I tweeted a short video of that this might have been in 2011 or something 2010 i don't know it's a couple years back but i'll they do a good job they do a good job there especially like near the waterfront and downtown like yeah they do Mm -hmm. a good job they do they do a great job who we kidding they do a great job they do a great job chicago we salute you do you shout out to chicago shout out to chicago C at the beginning, O at the end, middle is Hickok. Did you find it to be w- weird at all there? Like the the vibe? No. No? Well, I guess it depends on what you mean by weird. Well, it's definitely not an East Coast city. I think that's what I mean. But it's not a West Coast city either. No, I guess it's I'm, a definitely, it is a Midwest city. It's a mid, and I'm not used to those kinds of cities right but i think it's awesome actually what was so awesome about the vibe to you because it was um because to me it was kind of like new york but filled with midwesterners (laughs) that's no that's exactly what it was (laughs) it was like all of the all of the pleasures that a place like new york might have to offer with none of the like rudeness right or hustle and bustle well, I found it to be some hustle and bustle, but none of the rudeness, definitely. Right. I guess only, the only bustle is positive bustle 
or for the most part, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no like, hey, I'm walking here kind of shit. Yeah. And again, kind of like in it, like you get at the West Coast, a little bit, just a little bit more laid back, a little bit more, but yeah, not a little slower, all the way into dude territory. No, not that where far. It's just like you know, yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's a nice middle ground. Hence the the lesser bustling. I think. Yeah, it is actually. It's purely. It is perfectly like graduated, like from the East Coast to the West Coast. This is that midpoint. Where it's yeah, it's not totally West Coast. It's not totally just like yeah, man, chill out, dude. No, no, it's not like that, right? Not it's like not that. just the whole like, you know, you make plans with someone. Hey, let's meet at the coffee shop at one, and then like no one shows up because everyone's so laid back, like they can't actually stick to any calendar or plans or anything. No, definitely it's not. Also, not East Coast where it's just kind of like cutthroat. I don't know, just kind of a more Eat dinner at 10 p.m. Otherwise, yeah. you're a fucking loser. Right. Everyone out for themselves kind mm-hmm. of feeling. Definitely that not. Get, that you get. So, so it's, yeah, it's nice there. So what about this? Houston, I heard, is about to overtake Chicago as the third most populous city in the Union. Oh, really? Yes. And I don't know when that'll happen. Maybe it already has. Maybe they haven't just done the most recent census or whatever. But it's about to be bigger. And I feel like on a line of longitude, those are, I think Chicago is a little more east, but, you know, they're both solidly Midwestern. Yeah, they're both in the central time zone. Right. I do believe. Now, Houston is Texas, obviously, so that's like a different category altogether. But I haven't spent any time in Houston, and I wonder... How they compare this graduated like right. east to west coast thing? I wonder well, how those also things, a north a to north south, to south line, sure, right? So right. this is has this is gonna maybe have some of that midwestern ideal like idea, but it's also gonna I think gonna have that southern like conservatism to it. Yeah, well, southern and Texas conservatism. Right. There's two levels of it there. Yes. So again, I would say Chicago is just in that perfect quadrant there. If you can bear the For seven months of hellish winter <laughs> sure. nightmare, then yeah, that's true. It's probably great. That's very true. Yeah, we flew into there and we we're going over Lake Michigan. It's fucking cold out, and yeah, it's you know in like the twenties, and the wind is blowing, and we're flying into the airport, and there's turbulence, and you're just looking down at Lake Michigan and you can see the chop and the waves and mm-hmm. it's like I don't want to crash into that. Right. It'd be bad enough I, to crash in an airplane but then to land into like frigid waters like that. Right. Well, could I have just imagined this? I imagined once flying over there, flying out of Chicago and looking down there and seeing like it being frozen. What Did does my mind freeze. just make that up? Like it was like, but it was again like such an enormous body of water, and to see it be frozen, and then to see like you know, like kind of like you know, like the cracks in the eye, like you could see that it was frozen on top. That but shit. it was kind of mind-boggling because in essence, it's almost like it's like a mini ocean practically. Right. It's humongous. when you're flying over it, but yet it's frozen. It's just kind of like yeah, that's that's a thing that happens. It does fucking freeze. 
Which, uh, like you said, it's so huge to imagine such a body of water freezing over. But, you know, like the Arctic Ocean <laughs> freezes. Yeah, you know, oh, true, true enough. I've seen but, Deadliest Catch once or twice. So, so after Chicago, I sent you I, a little uh, thing there, like right. Michigan frozen. Yes, after Chicago. Oh Jesus! Yeah, look at that. Yeah, imagine f- slipping into that. Yeah, it would not be good. Whew. That wouldn't um, be like that'd be like me and Joss Whedon jumping into the Atlantic Ocean in New Jersey, uh, New Year's Eve. That was. It cold. might even be worse than that. It probably would be worse. It's probably even worse than that, if that's even possible. Like it could just—is it just like you know? Does your body just have a certain limit to what it could feel? Right, zero like, or forty is probably the same. Yeah, it's just like okay, I, maybe zero and forty isn't quite the same, but it might be like. 25 and negative 25 are the same for sure yeah you're just dead within a minute yeah i think the jersey shore was like 40 degrees when we jumped into it which was like a million daggers oh yeah just puncturing like yes beds bed of nails nail bed noggle blog it noggle noggle bit Whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah. They, that was it. You you got to experience the full sensory experience of <laughs> of Autobahn's first album by I, jumping in. I did, man. Don't wish to do it again. So after Chicago Yeah, I head out I headed out to uh Provincetown. Headed back east. So Provincetown. Took in some sand, some surf, some seafood. What what on Had earth? Had a few beers, a few laughs, a few, well, not really burgers, unless you count lobster rolls. Lobster as a burger, yeah, lobster roll. I did yeah. have a lobster roll, yeah. Fucking a man. Yeah, I, I pretty much ended up eating like seafood for lunch and dinner every single day I was there. Uh, like the five days I was there. You were in Provincetown for five days. Yeah, just kicking back. <laughs> Clear in my head. What kind of crazy world are you living in? I'm living in. I'm. I. You know. I think I said it in another episode, right? Like I'm just. I'm just. Put, I'm just going out there, man. I'm just living. <laughs> I'm sick of 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 you know just you know being some lame ass dork with a podcast. I'm gonna go fucking live a little bit. Well, I'll try not to take that personally, but let me ask you this question: What? What you're living. You say you're living. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm, it's all just to mask the tears, Adam. Well, that's what I'm getting. Like, why are you doing that? Like, what? Why not? You know, I needed to do something. So why not that? Why do and we... by that, I just mean go different places. Why? Why do we live? What do we do it for, Brad? Well, that's the uh, that's the central question of Buddhism. How does one live a life? Do we do it for... And I think the dude has the answer. Do we do it for a legacy? Do we want to be remembered when we're gone? Do we do it to make the world a better place? Do we do it to make the future world a better place? Like what... And okay, traveling is one thing, but that's pretty selfish. Like that's that's indulgent. Totally selfish. Right? And indulgent. Yes. So... 100%. What... What... 
Like we do this podcast, we're creating something, mm-hmm. I guess, right? But w- no, why? Like this is also very selfish. We just did it so we could hang out, really. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's become so much more. It has. It's now us and several hundred of our closest friends. Really, several hundred? I'm just gonna put that out there. Several hundred. Okay. I don't need to go into specifics about our listenerships. <laughs> well, I think. You know, the eight to 12 of them that really listen, I think, might be put off and not feel as special. I'm just simply rounding up to the nearest (laughs) several hundred. Gotcha. I have 990 million. If you round down, that's zero billion. I gotcha. I gotcha. No longer in the uh, triple comma club. Yeah. Um, But seriously, because watching this minute, and I really didn't... Until... We got to this episode. I wasn't very affected by Donnie's death, but watching him struggle there on the ground and listening mm-hmm. to the sounds he's making, mm-hmm. the gasping for breath and the groaning, and they're like they're overlapping. Like he was definitely in a booth doing that, like making death sounds, and it's really painful to watch. And the knowledge that you and I and everyone we know will be faced with that someday. And I'm not sure what's scarier or more terrifying, knowing that the people you love are going to be in that situation and be dying and we're going to have to watch it, or knowing that I am going to die and I'll have to be there in that moment and know it's happening. I mean, maybe I won't, but, you know, good chance I might know it's happening at the moment. And, like, how can we, (laughs) how is that not such a terrifying realization that we can still go on, like, doing anything? Like, how can we not just live crippled in fear in the fetal position in the corner of a room, knowing that that is at the end of it? That's what we're hurtling towards. We're hurtling towards that abyss. And with that knowledge, how like, how, how can we, why, why do we make movies or record podcasts or travel? Why do we do any of it? So I'm going to not necessarily answer that question. Come on. But- I I want an answer. But, well, I'm going to tell a story. All right, I'll take a story. We, in college, you and I were hanging out late one night, and some random stoner dude was there. This is a story you're allowed to tell? Yes. Because basically we're not allowed to tell 97% of the stories that we This have. story is okay. It's okay. just some random stoner dude was there. Okay. Somehow ended up, I don't know, you know, the way things happen. Friend right. of a friend of a sure. friend somehow. Is this one, two, three high? Yeah. Okay. We're hanging out and, you know, we're talking about, because, you know, we make all the, you know, at the time we were making weird little films and stuff. and Some of the great ones. Some of the great ones. And... Somehow, you know, the fact that we were we're doing that or maybe we're talking about the latest thing, you know, something we're just talking about, yeah, we know we make these, these, we're working on these projects, these films, and he was, you know. We were a faction at that point, maybe. Yeah, and and Stoner Dude was like, why? (laughs) 
It's fucking deep, man. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, wait a minute, why? And pretty much your whole question you just had was in my head at that moment. Bang. Yeah, like, why? I don't think he articulated it quite as well as I did. No. <laughs> but, but, but you know, he just goes... He was he's probably like, honestly confused why someone would make a movie. <laughs> right. Like, but I took it, you know... In this kind of very deep way, again, you know, like kind of, again, like kind of like the dude, right? There's something about like the wisdom of stoners. (laughs) You did most of the work for him in that case, but okay. Uh, Why? Why? But, uh, and, you know, and I remember then talking to you. Yeah. Being like, oh my God, why? Like, that's such a fucking good question. Why the fuck are we even bothering with any of this? Like, why? Why? Like, why? There's no answer. Why? And I had a great answer for you. Please remind me what it was. And your answer was just like, what do you mean, why? Because, like, we like doing it. Like, that guy is just some fucking stoner. There's no fucking deep, pretty much like you're saying now, there's no fucking deep mysticism to his fucking one-word question. Why? (laughs) Like... Just you know, just doesn't matter why. Just fuck it. Like we're 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 doing shit. Like, keep going. So, and I kind of like you know was happy with that response. Yeah. Okay. To some degree, I didn't think your disparaging of the stoner dude was quite uh, at the time warranted because I felt like it was a very legitimate question. But he not might- one to be thrown. Just said like, well, that we can't even bother thinking about that but at the same time like hey i guess you could just as easily answer why not right Right? and like he could have been asking the question to something like i like steak why you know it (laughs) wouldn't have mattered what the question was at that point to him i think that was Probably yeah, maybe, was. maybe not. I don't know. I, I guess I give him the benefit of the doubt and think he was a wise oracle sent to kind of recalibrate <laughs> my thinking when, in fact, yeah, he may have been nothing of the sort. Is there any way that you can know who this was and no, transmit no that to me? Or was it literally just some it was random? Literally some random guy. That was okay. the only time we ever saw him. At least the only time I ever saw him. Probably the only time you ever saw him, too. And it was just the three of us? No, there are other people around. I think at the time it was like maybe just the three of us like in the kitchen somehow gotcha. it ended up there. But you know, the the whole the whole domicile was rather lively as it usually was. Yeah, it was. Why, huh? Why? So why? I don't know. Why Provincetown? Don't know. Why the podcast? Well, I do know why the podcast, right? We get these letters from people. This podcast provides tremendous value to our listeners. Which provides me great joy yeah i think that's really we're, what we're it's providing, about we're, we're we're providing joy and value to other people out there without a doubt i think that at, and at the same time we're driven we're driven to create well and ultimately that again is a selfish drive it's a selfish motivation because well if, eating is like a selfish motivation of course it right? is of course it is that's what everything is does it provide me comfort or joy if yes, do it. If no, then don't do it. And it just so happens that recording this podcast also provides joy to listeners, 8 to 12 listeners. But that provides me joy. So it's still selfish, you know? 
Like, I think that's what it boils down to. Am I comfortable? And do I experience joy? If yes, I keep doing it. If no, I don't. And it's rare that you eschew the thing that brings you great joy or great comfort in the interests of what? I don't know. Um, making other people happy, then that's really a selfless, like, martyrdom situation. And that's rare. Except helping others is becomes its own reward, its own sense of joy. We can all be happy. We can all be joyful and help each other out. Right, but what I'm saying is there are cases where helping others and doing what makes others joyous or comfortable does not bring you joy. And when you do that, that's like a Jesus thing. Is that good? Yeah, that's such a that's such a Western idea, man. It's very Western, right? Some kind of Eastern thing? No, far from it. Um, but I bring that up because we have this quote from the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. On the wall right. behind Francis Donnelly. Yes. Do we need to play the minute before we get into this? Uh, it seems pretty soon, but I'm fine with that. We can do it. You want to do well, it? Well, we're getting into the discussion here. We're talking about the wall. Fucking let's do it, then. Oh, God, they shot him, man. Oh. shot, no, dude. They shot Donnie? There weren't any shots fired. What? Huh? It's a heart attack. Call the medics, dude. I go myself, but I'm pumping blood. Might pass out. That's oh. easy, good buddy. You're doing fine. We got help chopper in it. As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. Psalm 103. 103. 15. 15. And half of verse 16, if we want to get technical. Right, hey. right. Although why they didn't include the second half of 16 is beyond me. Mm-hmm. And the place thereof shall know it no more. This is, I guess that's kind of what got me thinking about it, you know? And this is the King James version. Yes, King James, with all the, like, passiths and... Right, flourishists. Too many THs in the King James version. But, you know what, honestly, I looked up different versions of this passage, and... Somehow this is the like truest, I think. Like the new international version, eh. New American Standard, eh, you know, eh. they start to play a little fast and loose. They get a little loosey goosey. Well, I don't know if that's really true. Well, it is true because the King James version was before those. So then there it's like one step beyond. Like they already have the King James shit in their head. So it's like 
it's like a game of telephone a little bit. Like, who knows what this said when it was originally written down, you know? Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, the new international version... NIV. I I don't think is, like, taken from the King James version. It's more like a retranslation. They decided to translate it. I agree. I, I don't think it's a retranslation of the King James version right. either. That's not what I said. What I well, said I is all those like... people retranslating it already had the King James shit like in their brain holes because that's what they maybe. grew up with, you know? Maybe. Maybe. Well, I mean, not maybe. It's in there. They sure. probably grew up with it. But I don't know how that would. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I imagine the people working on the new international version or some of these more modern translations as, I don't know, just being very scholarly, translating it, attempting doing their best to translate it as faithfully as they can. Not subject to the vagaries of human whimsy? Everybody is. Well, everyone is, even the person that wrote it down originally. Of course. Or whatever. But I think, uh, I guess... I don't know. I, I, well, I'll say this. I grew up, I don't know what, so I grew up Catholic. What version of the Bible do Catholics use? I don't know. King James, I'm pretty sure. I think it's King James. Yeah. That that was pretty, pretty much the standard. Yeah. And, you know, when I decided, I didn't discover the fact that there was like these other translations probably until I was in college. <laughs> I mean, I was never a very religious person, right? right? But I remember like, oh, wait a minute, like there's all these other translations. Not that I thought the King James Bible was like a like, oh, like it must have everything right. But to read it in more modern language, again, without all the weird bullshit. Yeah. Just here it is. And just regular old like modern English. Right. For the most part. Yeah. This like, wow. Like, yeah. Why the fuck doesn't everyone read it this way? Like. Right? Why are we it reading makes a, it so much more? It's just so much. It's just so much better, right? And I well, think it's more again, readable. And again, they took. I think you know. I think the King James version. I don't know. This is we're getting so out out of my uh, depth here. Well, it was but, translated in sixteen eleven, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I think it has a lot of. Yeah, it just has a lot of. Uh, there's just a lot of 16th century sensibilities in there, right? Yeah, I mean, now, it, ju- it, it just had its 400th anniversary in that, 2011. <laughs> yeah. Which, as far as things go, I guess that's not too old. I guess not too bad. You're not reading, like, papyrus shit, like, written in cuneiform. But I guess, I guess what I'm ultimately getting down to is I have more faith in modern day translators than I do in 17th century translators. I will definitely give you that. So, I will definitely give you that. So if there's some question like, oh, which one might be more accurate or what, I'm just going to say, okay, yeah, the, 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 these new translations are, are, are better. Although it's like, and uh, this is another fucking passage I read. And where did this come from? But it's like, you know, don't, Engage with a fool on his terms, lest you be judged a fool. Some shit like that. It's like, basically, if a fool tries to tell you something foolish, like, don't accept his premise and try to argue with him about that thing Mm -hmm. based on his premise. Otherwise, you're a fucking idiot, too. 
So we have to remember that no matter which version you're going on, there was still like a great culling. Like they had to get together and decide what was going to be in the fucking Bible. And they well, were that like happened long ago. Well, what? 1200s like, Council of Nicaea. When was that? Let's look it up. Well, you would know more of this crap than I do. I was only an impression that was maybe like in the 300s. Yeah, maybe 300s. Let's see. Like that's when a lot of this stuff yeah, got settled. Yeah, 325. But like they were throwing shit out left and right. Right. I remember the one time my dad was so pissed because I <laughs> I was in a bookstore and I saw like Gospel of Thomas. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I bought it and put it on my coffee table because I knew they were coming out for the weekend. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, this is something I, for some reason, I was imagining you doing this when you were like 15. No, <laughs> no, I was like 25 or something. And uh, I had that. And then next to it, I had Stephen Hawking's Black Holes and Baby Universes. And he, he picked up the Gospel of Thomas looked at it briefly and set it down as if his hands were on fire and then picked up Black Holes and Baby Universes and actually read that for a little while. He's a science teacher. And I was like, yeah, what do you think about that? That's pretty cool, right? No mention of Gospel of Thomas that they threw out. Mm -hmm. Doubting Thomas, like, fuck that guy. Get him out of here, you know? Right. You can't doubt. You're an asshole. How dare you have critical thoughts? So they threw that one out. But, like, it's okay discussing the black holes and baby universes. I'm like, yeah, what do you think about that? It's like, you know, it's a cool concept. He's like, you know how I know there aren't baby universes? I was like, shit, how? The Bible told me so. Uh, uh, I don't remember <laughs> Habakkuk discussing <laughs> baby <laughs> universes. Did I miss that? passage did i what book was that in was that the one after revelations that was the last revelation did they forget to put it in there did you read a special version i was like okay well I'll just forget it then anyway who cares it got yeah. me thinking about well, you know the brief fleeting blink of an eye that life is and why we do the things that we do because here we are brad and this movie is filled with like degenerates and nihilists and lazy fucks and angry assholes and and pederasts and debauchery pornographers and who's the one pure and innocent person in this movie well, innocent like a child, right? Like a child who wanders like into child. the middle of a movie. And he's the only one that dies in this movie. They got to take the good ones first, Brad. The good ones yeah. always go first. Is he the only one that dies? I think, I guess that's correct. Amy Mann gets her toe cut off. But, yeah. I mean, we can assume the mother is dead. Maud's mother, but that was pre pre movie, right? Pre movie, yeah, definitely doesn't. Yeah, you know, and why? Just to like remember, I was remember Pete Frank. Of course, of course, I was talking to Pete Frank. This was like ninety seven, maybe, and I think maybe we were 
you know, at Cinema 5 or something in the shitty theater that looked like a bedroom, like a living room, and mm-hmm. they wheeled out the 32-inch television mm-hmm. to play the movie. I think we watched Boogie Nights or something like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a movie, and I'm going to have the main character just get killed off in the first 10 minutes and then finish the movie. And he was like, that's pretty sophomoric. And then I thought it was a stupid idea and I never pursued it because I take criticism to heart too much, I think. But they killed off the the best the best of them here in this movie. Well, it's not quite the yeah. same thing, but I don't know. It makes me sad, I guess. It's the moral of the story where it hadn't previously. And just reading that passage where, you know, we're like... What is it? As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth, for the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. Yeah. See, the New International Version says, The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. I mean, it's so true. Because we have this moment here with the dude and Walter in the mortuary, and both of them have moments where you can sense their sorrow. Because the dude is like, Jeff Lebowski shakes his hand, Walter's like Walter Sobchak, and the dude is like, actually, you know, the dude, and he kind of trails off, and Francis Donnelly's like, excuse me? He's like, nothing, just forget it. It's not important, you know, not at this time. That is not important. And while that's going on, Walter is just kind of looking off to his left, just probably thinking about all of the times he berated Donnie over and over again and just feeling really shitty about it and thinking, like, why couldn't I have been nicer to him while he was alive? I really cherished him, and he was one of my two friends. Yeah. And and they even have, um, you know, as Francis Donnelly is coming up the steps, the Walters, they're reading the Bible. I assume it's the Bible, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's gotta be gotta be right. It's got his glasses hanging off one ear and just reading the Bible. I wonder if he's reading this passage, like Psalm one Oh three fifteen. Let me look yeah. that Let up. Let me get some more context to this. He probably is right. I mean, he is such a, well, I mean, he's such a scholar of the Torah, right? He is, he better be, has some deep, uh, spiritual knowledge here. Sure. Talking about the, the Rambam and the, uh, you know, a couple minutes ago. Right. Concept of age. Here's one for you. A friend of mine, I don't know if I told you about this, maybe not. A friend of mine lives in South Korea and she came back to the States. She was on this like whirlwind tour of a bunch of cities. She works for some company who um, has a YouTube channel and that's, I don't know, somehow that's how they generate revenue. That's, that's their business. They're out there on the tubes, you or otherwise. But anyway, I was like, Hey, how old are you now? And she's like, hang on. Let me think about this. It's like, yeah, I know, right? It's hard to remember once you get up there. She's like, wait, no, I'm 28. 
almost 29. No, I'm 28. He's like, I'm 30 in Korea, so I have to remember which is which. Right. <laughs> She's a different fucking age in Korea. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, it's, a, it's a, age is a social construct, man. Right. This whole concept of age. Yep. She's a different age. She has to tell people she's 30 over there, but only 28 over here. Oh, boy. You would think, like, years are based on the time it takes for the sun to revolve, or the earth to revolve around the sun, depending on your ethos. Right. That it would be fairly consistent. But no, no, it's not. It's fucking not. It's a two-year difference there. Well, again, it's all... One, it's based on... Do you count the gestational period in your age? <laughs> Which they do. It's a very Christian thing cultural. to say. Yeah, in a way. And then they also... I mean, this is true of China. I'm just going to assume this is similar to the Korean idea. They base it on... Uh, Kind of just like what year you're born in. Like like on New Year's Day, everyone just becomes the next age. Right. It's something like that. Yeah. Like they don't need to know exactly how old you are. It's just like, oh, you're born in 1975. It's currently 1976. You're one. Right. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you were born in March or May or December. January 1st. 70. They, they just like cut out in a way. It's a very, you know, dude like thing. It's just like, fuck the, we don't need to get into the nitty gritty. You're separating the wheat from the chaff. Blow mm -hmm. the chaff out of there. Just leave behind what's important. Yeah. You're separating the uh, the AG wheat from the chaff. Yeah. 28, 30. It's like close enough. And really it is. Like, it really is fuck, because you know? there's a lot of 28-year-olds I know that seem like they're 40. 22 or like or, 38. Right. Right. Could be go either way there. And there's 40-somethings that might as well be 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a good way to measure, like, maturity, that's for sure. So before we get too further deep into this, and by that I mean in a kind of a temporal sense, because we're like 40-some minutes in here, and I hate to, to bury this toward the end, uh, we did have the question from Jack about pumping blood. Yes. And we, we kind of promised, I think, last episode we'd shout out and address that question here. All right. And I think this idea, this whole idea of pumping blood is worth it's worth. Uh, oh, definitely. Because, you know, again, Walter's concern about pumping blood, I think, is interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. So. Uh, well, you do know, you want to so, just read the. Yeah. 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 So, right. so Jack wrote. Uh, How you, you doing, this, Jack? He wrote. Hey, Jack. Glad I to hope hear you're from still you, man. listening. Please Great to hear from you. You wrote this about a month ago, but uh, sorry, we were kind of saving it for when we actually got to the pump and blood right scene. He says, "Hey, fellas, this is Jack now. Hey, fellas, quick question about the heart attack fight scene. Don't know if I'm in time for this week's app or if it'll be a revisit. Well, you were about a month ahead, so." Always ahead good of us. on you. It's good. It's good Always to be ahead. two steps ahead. Yeah. Uh, while Walter is comforting a dying Donnie, he mentions he's pumping blood to might pass out. Is this implying he's been injured during the fight? Or his his constitution such shit 
that running to a phone would cause him to pass out. My assumption has always been there was a cut scene in which Walter was hurt. Thoughts? Comments? Yeah. Um, before we started this podcast, I always kind of breezed over that line. It was just kind of like, I guess I was more in the camp of, like, Walter didn't feel like, you know, first of all, he's got Donnie in his arms, essentially. Like, he's down there. Like, he's kneeling down. The dude's still up on his feet. So, it just made economic sense for the dude to go and call them. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, he Walter is a larger man. So, you know, maybe he wouldn't get there as fast. And I just took it as that. I didn't really even think that much about it. But if you pressed me, that's probably what I would have said. But after mm-hmm. watching it, not even for this podcast, actually, but just like kind of seeing it, like, what? Is, yeah, what does he mean? There's a shot where Uli comes at him with the sword and you cut to, it's really quick. I think it's less than a second of Walter's legs, like from the knees down. Right. And Uli kind of like the sword comes in and he drops it. But that got me to thinking that probably what happened is he he grazed his calf or something with the sword. And I think he is actually bleeding. And I want to say, like, they shot that scene meaning for it to be like, look, Walter got cut on the leg with the sword, but they didn't quite capture that. But again, it was okay. Like, eh, fuck it. It's not important to the story. He'll just say I'm pumping blood. So, but I, I mean, think I think that shot was meant to be like, look, he got grazed a little bit with the sword. Do you think the Cohen brothers would fuck up a thing like that, though? Brad, they got a lot on their plate. A lot I of games. We've talked so much about their meticulousness. So I, I, I say... Yes, but he, we also talk about the shit they miss or like deliberately say isn't important to the story or the plot. So fuck it, you know? Well, if Walter's going to be cut by that sword they're going to show it or maybe, they, or maybe they're leaving it deliberately vague i just think walter is has so much adrenaline going and pretty much as jack says his constitution is such shit although i wouldn't say it's shit like i mean he he's he did jump out of a car going 25 yeah, like, mph he did just take out three dudes right and he is when he's down there with Donnie, he is like kind of panting and kind of have to catch his breath before he can talk and stuff like that. I think Walter is um, concerned that he might pass out if he runs to the phone because he's pumping blood now, meaning just his heart is going so fast. Now, granted, that may be like a ridiculous concern. I've always looked at it as maybe somewhat comedic. Because, you know, again, it's just like, go to the phone. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, yeah, like, I'm such a combat specialist. You know, I'm experienced enough to know that in this state, I should not attempt to run to the phone now because I might pass out. Which maybe he's correct because we do talk about he's wrong all the time. But it is kind of a, like, another example of his, like, you know... I don't know his uh, his 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 combat military 
training being brought to the forefront in a his John Milliusness. Yes. Yeah. I'd go, but I'm pumping blood, dude. Like, you know, it would be a big laugh line if maybe it wasn't in such a serious scene, you know, and maybe he's even right. Like I said, I don't know. I think, you know, the adrenaline doesn't go away that quickly, does it? Like he could still do it. But I mean, I'm with you. That's again, that's pretty much like I was on board with Jack's original assessment where it's just like, um, I'm beat, I'm winded, kind of. That's what I always kind of thought, too. He's just like, you know, I can't do it. And he's down there. He's cradling Donnie. But, you know, that shot with the sword, man. Why put that shot in there? They could have done it any way they wanted to. They could have shown it from the back, like, and he just wraps his arms around him, and he drops it from up top. But they focus on his leg. I don't know. I guess what we could do is analyze. Uh, we do see Walter's legs in several other scenes coming up, specifically the ash tossing scene. So maybe we'll, we be, we'll could, be on the lookout for more we'll, clues. Yeah, we'll be on the lookout. That's it, what we're all about. It would be his out clues. It would be his left leg on the outside of it. Yes. So we'll keep our eyes open. You know, and one aspect of this, because you're mentioning how he's cradling Donnie, is perhaps, you know, he knows Donnie is not going to, again, his keen training and experience leads him to this conclusion, right? Donnie's gone. Donnie's done. He's going to stay there to comfort him, to see him over to the other side. As as penance for him being such an asshole to him for most of his well, life? Well, maybe as penance, or maybe just, again, he was being very fatherly with him moments ago also. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. he's kind of shifted. Yeah. Like, just he is going to to do this for Donnie. Like, he's taking, again, control of the situation. The dude is kind of freaking out. Let's remove him from the element, from this scene, because Donnie doesn't need this right now. And I'm going to stay here and comfort him. Don't worry. Helps chopping in good buddy. I do not see. I just went and looked at the scene on the cliff and you can see him walking out to the end of the cliff. And I do not see any cuts on his leg. I just think it's a weird turn of phrase to say I'm pumping blood. Well, I, I don't feel like pumping blood means you're cut and blood is like coming out of you. I understand what you're saying, but like, isn't there a different thing you can say to say my heart is beating fast and I'm adrenalinized, adrenalinized? Well, pumping blood, I think, is okay. I think, if anything, it describes that much more aptly than, again, like I said, than being cut. So if it is a weird phrase, it's a weird phrase. It doesn't necessarily make it inaccurate. It's accurate. It doesn't necessarily lead to. The conclusion that it would be him referring to being cut, I don't, I don't feel at least. Pumping blood. I'm pumping blood. That could be either. Yeah, maybe. I'm winded. I can't go. No, I'm pumping blood. Yeah. Although maybe that's maybe it's a Vietnam thing because he does resort to kind of, you know, back to his Vietnam roots. There, call the medics. I'm pumping blood. I'd go myself. But I'm pumping blood, might right. pass out. Call the medics, and we got help choppering in. Right. So. Yeah, that could have been, again, 
Maybe it's a holdover from a a time gone by. Could be. I you have. Know. Yeah. Right, go on. No, please. You. I well, just... I was gonna go. I was gonna take this in a whole new direction. Please do. So, again, I was recently in Provincetown. I've been to Provincetown exactly once. And uh, there's a lot of sharks there now. Really? It's a big deal. Because there's a lot of seals. Oh. The seal population there has exploded. So probably white sharks and bull sharks and tiger sharks. Great whites, even. Yeah. I've been... Carcarius carcaridon. Well, exactly. You got it, because I, I, while I was there, I watched Jaws. Fucking A, man. Perfect to get me in the mood, yes. right? Yes, Such a goddamn good movie. That's a fucking great movie. We watched so that. good. We watched that outside. We had this, like, 18-foot-large screen with a projector out in the backyard. Fucking great movie. Yeah. Young Spielbergo is so good. So fucking good. And I don't even care that the shark kind of looks stupid. It's such a great movie. I don't even think the shark does look stupid. Maybe not stupid, but like, you know, it's a little a little clunky, maybe. I, what I would say is while it looks a little clunky, I think a shark in real life actually strangely looks that clunky. Oh, Jesus. I just watched this video of like... These people were fishing, and they caught, I don't even know what it was, like a wahoo or something. It was like a six or seven foot long sport fish, and they were fighting it forever. And they were getting it into the boat, and then like there was this big disturbance, and they were able to reel it in real easily then. And the thing had, be, thing had been bitten in half, and there was only like 18 inches of its head, and it was just like you could see the curvature of the bite out of it. Yeah. And these fucking assholes like leaned it over and were like dredging it in the water like side to side. And this fucking like 14 foot long hammerhead comes up and like boom and just snatches it right out of the dude's hand. Jesus. Like you're a bunch of fucking assholes. But you're right. It did look, you know, aside from the like immediate strike. Like, it did come pretty quick and hit the carcass, but after that, it's kind of, like, on the surface of the water and kind of like, and it was kind of clunky. Yeah. It's one of these things where, again, you know, like, you'd want, do you want a real shark or do you want a Hollywood shark? Right. Like, a cooler shark, more shark than shark, right? I don't know. But, yeah, such a good movie. What a great movie. Now, what prompted you to watch that movie? Uh, well, okay, so I'm going to be embarrassed to say this. It was just on, well, maybe not. I don't know. I shouldn't be embarrassed of this. It was just on TV. So you had to sit through commercials? I sat through some commercials, yeah. It's but worth like, it. You know, I was kind of like, you know, during the commercials, but, you know, I was just because, you know, I'm there hanging out. I don't necessarily have all the creature comforts of home, like Netflix and shit. Mm-hmm. Turn on the TV, flip through some channels, like, oh, Jaws. Awesome movie. Let's leave it on. We're going to need a bigger boat, Brad. We're going to need a bigger <laughs> boat. Yeah. Some good. Yeah. Some good shit. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to Jaws. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's a good movie. And a shout out to all the seals at Cape Cod, too. Even they, though they're bringing the sharks. They're bringing the sharks. Which some, but like the thing is crazy. So I've been going to Cape Cod my whole life. Oh, really? 
that's a like I've been there countless times. Huh. The although recently, you know, I, like growing up, we'd go there. Didn't you honeymoon there? We we I honeymooned there. Um, you can say we. That's okay. Yeah, we honey we honeymooned there. Um, not you and me. Not you. Well, no, no, not us. But yeah, been there. <laughs> been there a lot. My parents really loved the place, so they took us up there growing up all the time. Um, we yeah, have been there a handful of times with my wife. Uh, although the last time I was there was 2010. Wow, five years ago. 2010. The idea of seals there were kind of like... You'd see one once in a while, We maybe, saw or? one the whole time I was there. I was like, a seal? That was fucking crazy. I right. saw a seal head, like, way out there, this dot, like, going along the... Going across the horizon there. And I was like, I think that's a seal. So what are they doing? And now, you go to the beach, You all you see is seals. You could jump in the water, there's seals fucking swimming with you. You can go to a beach and see a sandbar, and there's... Literally, corner of the park ranger, 300 seals on the sandbar. So why? It's just overrun with seals. Well, what happened is in 19, I want to say it was 1971, the Marine Mammal Protection Act made it illegal to kill seals. Okay. And I guess. So it took finally 44 years. 44 years. It went from, yes, there's seals to, again, because I guess of the exponential thing right like in these last years it has just ex- finally exploded hmm. to this point where it's just yeah seals like everywhere go to any go to the beach oh yeah look there's seals that is kind of weird here look down there's seals like swimming under under the pier they're looking up at you they're swimming on their back looking That's at so you weird. like hey buddy they wave at you with like one fin you consider that a very like west coast sighting yeah Alaska and down into like San Francisco. <laughs> That's where seals are. But yeah, they can be there too. You know, the water's cold. Yeah. It's the right temperature. Yeah, they're they're all into it. They're gray seals. Then they kind of they kind of look like dogs. Well, they're they're water dogs basically. Yeah, their heads kind of look like my dog Gracie's head. They're you definite. cut off if you replaced her legs with little flippers. You pretty much yeah, that's a fucking and then, seal. And then made her weigh eight hundred pounds. <laughs> you'd pretty much have these animals. That, well, that's but, more like a walrus, isn't it? They don't weigh yeah. eight hundred pounds. Well, do they? I, one of the things I said was said they could weigh up to eight hundred pounds. And granted, the sizes okay. of these things yeah. did vary significantly. Yeah. Like one of them, um, you know, I would say like its head was kind of like a horse's head. That's pretty big. Um, maybe not as big as it, maybe more like a small horse's head, but a pony, a pony head, pony head. Yeah. It, it was still, it was not like, yeah. But anyway, yeah, these, yeah. Seals everywhere, which actually I thought was pretty cool. Cause I don't have a lot of, uh, you know, close encounter experience with seals, but I do now. I would say in general, to me, at least seals seem to be the size of like a beautiful man. Yes, I would say so. And I would say killing a seal would definitely be like killing a beautiful man. Yeah. The idea, and granted, it's purely emotional, but again, again, there is something about killing a marine mammal that just seems somehow inexcusable. I don't know why that is. I know what you mean. I just did it, though, a couple weeks ago, like a a lot of them. mammal? No, not... Oh, I thought you said marine animal. No, marine animal is different. Yeah, okay. Yeah, marine Marine mammal. Marine mammal. Yeah. Any mammal, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... There is, but especially a marine mammal. 
Wait, why is a marine mammal more special than a land mammal? I'm just saying emotionally for me. Right. Why emotionally is that more special to you? I'm uh, Intellectually, yes, I'm not comfortable with killing any mammals. I will say that. I'm not really comfortable killing anything. I do it sometimes, but like... Well, you eat dead animals pretty much constantly. But I, I don't guess. kill them. But I'm you saying don't kill killing them, right? them. I, but I do kill them sometimes, and I'm yeah. not comfortable with it, but I do it. Yeah, but to I'm me, not I don't... comfortable eating them, really, even though I still do it. I don't differentiate between a marine mammal and a land mammal, though. What's the fucking difference? Like, if anything... I think it's just... That, I'm not that, a, maybe it's a, it's a couple of things. The marine mammal is a... He's got some fucking nerve being out there in the water. I don't know. Marine mammals, they're they're somehow the epitome oh, they're of special. Like freedom and you know, it seems like like why are you really gonna kill a marine mammal? It's out of They don't have fucking opposable digits, man. I don't know. I don't know. Like a dolphin? A dolphin. I'd eat a dolphin, you know? No way. Why not? I would, I would, I would uh, do what I could to prevent a dolphin <laughs> from being killed. I don't know. I don't dolphins like dolphins. Are practically like honorary people. I don't like them. I don't. It's like Agent Cooper not liking birds. I don't trust them or like them. Yeah, that, that may be wise because I'm basing this purely on bizarre emotions. But right. uh, I, I don't trust but, them. I'd eat you it. know whales though. Come on, I'd eat the shit out of a whale. I don't know, giant whale, so majestic. I get it. And it's like, let's, oh yeah, let's kill this thing. And, and you know, if I had to eat, I wouldn't do it, it out like of 18 times. I wouldn't do it out of sport. If I needed to eat it, I would. Yeah. Well, if I needed to do it to survive, yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's a little different. I'm just saying, like, like if I went to people? a restaurant and they were serving whale on the menu, I'd be like, that's. That's beyond. That's that's going a little too far, guys. Well, it's already dead, though, Brad. You know. Well, the fact that it was—I don't know. I just don't. I'm not. I'm not big into. Well, especially because all these whales are going extinct and everything else on top of it. Well, there's whole cultures that based their life on eating and harvesting all of the things that whales offered. Mm-hmm. Well, and even industrial America in the 1800s. Sure. Tons of whale, you know, they used all this shit. They used the baleen to make corsets and the whale blubber as oil in the lamps and all that shit, right? Now, what if you grew up as the world's most astoundingly large Inuit and you lived in that culture of whale consumption? Would I mean, you... it would be different, right? Because be I different. don't have the same... It's this... Maybe it's some of the same... That's what I was going to say before. This I'm not as desensitized to it. Like... Granted, I don't think it's totally cool to kill a cow. <laughs> I don't even. either, but, you know. But still, I don't see a hamburger and I'm like, I'm horrified. No, right? no, I don't either. You know, um, like nature is horrible. Yeah. Like they do like <laughs> horrible. Sure. You, you don't see like old birds like limping around, you know, because they get fucking eaten. Yeah. There was a fucking one of these awful, awful Virginia bugs, and I don't know what they are, but they jump a lot. They're like this bastardized cricket of some sort, and they just look terrible. And the cat was there looking at it, and the little and Bunny Lebowski was like looking at it, and I'm like, listen, bug, I can either sit here and watch you get like 
played with and slowly chewed apart leg by leg, or I can grossly get you in my hand and throw you outside where you'll die a slower death because it's getting cold outside. And I picked it up and put it outside. At least it would, like, die on its own terms. Mm-hmm. I don't like killing shit, you know? It's like, why do I care? Why don't I just, like... It's gonna die out there anyway. Why don't I just crush it and throw it in the garbage? I couldn't do it. But I don't have a fucking problem eating a hamburger either. And I don't see why, you know, dolphins and whales... Maybe whales. They live really long... They're so majestic. Blue whales, largest they, they're animal. They're so community-based. They, yeah, and they communicate. They communicate. They do all kinds of crazy, you know. The dude listens yeah. to whale song. Exactly. They, uh, <sighs> you know, and you see these videos, right, of like whales and dolphins helping people all the time. They seem nice, you know. Or even coming up, like this one video that went viral just a couple weeks ago, I saw like there was some guy out on some little boat and a whale came up and it had like a net like stuck over the top of its head or something. <sighs> and like it came up to the top of the boat and kind of like put its head up next to the boat to the guy like so the guy could pull it off and did he and he did he pulled it off and the whale was like what i would say again he anthropomorphized these things right. to, but what i would say it seemed happy right then it was like yeah it was like sprayed some water out of some its water out, like, hole. did some little right did a little things. maneuver so like, gave him a wave with his little right. uh, fit, flipper his flipper like, hey thanks you know what i mean <laughs> It's just like, yeah, they're just like, you know, and again, again, with dolphins. Yeah, I think the there's also something about and I don't know, it really shouldn't matter, but like the intelligence of some of these creatures, well, you know, the stuff they can figure out. And then also like, you know, again, with this going back to the seals, they just look like dogs to me. Yeah. Hard so to eat a like, dog, but some people eat dogs. You know, some, some people do, but dogs. I don't. You know, and I'm like, yeah, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying it's uh, I'm based on anything, maybe, but emotions. Well, okay. And granted, if I was to say I'm going to go vegan or at least vegetarian, <laughs> then I'd have a place to stand. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm not going to kill anything, really. Fine. Yeah. Not create some bizarre hierarchy where it's okay to eat cow, but not dolphin, but whatever. It's a construct like age, Brad. But, uh, we... but, but yeah, so I'll admit there's no rhyme or reason to this i would say if i'm gonna say if i because i was vegetarian for like seven or eight years i know you were go back to that at least then i would say i could make maybe more of a what i would call a a rational case but you're inventing it you know but but trying to put certain animals saying like it's okay to eat these but not these there's not really much of a basis for that you know what's really weird there's nothing there's nothing to you know what really gets my vegetarianism going oh boy this is weird Octopi because they decorate oh, they, their homes? No, octopus is for sure. I think for it's sure. octopi. But I wasn't even okay. going to say that. It's a preferred nomenclature. Yeah, octopi. But yeah, they for get sure. shiny things and they decorate their homes. What they're able to do, like open jar lit, like they're able to do all sorts of crazy stuff. Cuttlefish like, that you pour soy sauce on and they yeah. spread their legs around. Yeah, and, and, and that almost comes in a different way where... They're almost so alien that that activates a different type of emotional <laughs> yeah, response. That's a different one. That's a different Where one. Where it's like... We don't understand this. We shouldn't be fucking with it. We shouldn't be <laughs> fucking with it. Like, these things could be aliens from another planet that are, like, super intelligent. 
and just came here to live in peace and we're here fucking like stabbing them through the heads with spears and eating them like and like it doesn't help is on the way from a far off corner of the universe <laughs> yeah like i don't know i don't like i'm Stop not fucking with, with them octopus. it's like star trek yeah, just 4 the spaceship's yeah, gonna come with them and they communicate just... with the humpbacks yeah I, I'm with you on that. They should, yeah. They decorate their home, yeah. The the whole home Our, decoration. I hate the it. The whole fact that they can like figure out traps and right puzzles. It's just like yes, but don't. You, but you were saying, <laughs> but it's not that. This is weird. This if you is gonna were going to go weird. back to vegetarianism, there was something what, that really does it for you. What does it to me is weird. Even though I just ate a couple of these things, is lobsters. <laughs> what? They're a fucking cockroach of the ocean. They are, but there's still something, and I think it might have something to do, They've again, as emotional. Brad. Yeah, I think it has something to do with the fact that, A, they kind of sit in that tank alive. Well, that's no good. I don't all like in that. There, and you look at them, then you pick the one you want, and then they drop it living into boiling water. Right. Which, granted, very conveniently, the scientists say, oh, well, it can't really feel that pain. Just cool. so happens to be, this is something that like we, that's a very expensive delicacy that we eat. Well, where are it's boiling it alive, and it's just coincidentally that happens to be fine because they don't feel pain. Well, it seems a little <laughs> too convenient for me. Okay, but again, that maybe your emotions speaking. Where are their nerve endings? They have a tiny little collection of ganglia near their head area. Well, you know but, they can fucking feel shit. Like how if can you, they? Like they they're walking. They're not just like. You know, you know they can like if you sense touch the it, world it around them. If you touch it, it's and, like what right. the fuck? Something's touching me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it also um, there's something, and I guess again, again, emotional. Something about the fact they just bring it to you, like just alive, like not alive, dead, but like just the whole animal, recently dead. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the head, the guts. It's just like all right, rip it apart and eat it. And it's something about them, just like yeah, this. There's something a little bit unsavory about this whole thing. <laughs> Listen, I like, I agree with you. I I agree with you 100%. There is something unsavory about it. But as you said, episodes and episodes ago, just living upon this earth, mm-hmm. we like wreak destruction and havoc upon it, even just living on it. Sure. Even the most pacifist vegan person just walking through the grass you're like wreaking destruction sure you're killing shit yes and we don't have like sharp-ended teeth for eating grass no but um i don't really think that's like an excuse per se because for eating ocean cockroaches well, to say that it's okay to kill other creatures just because it's somehow some natural order, right? Like, human tribes, like, destroying other human tribes, killing and murder and rape could all be considered natural in some regard, too. If they were eating them, sure. Like, if you were two inches tall, that lobster wouldn't think twice about eating you. Oh, it doesn't matter. That doesn't. What do you mean it doesn't matter? doesn't matter. What are you talking about? That does not. That doesn't matter. I know it would, but that doesn't matter. It's not like nothing matters. Exactly. Okay, so it's okay then. Well, it matters to me what I do. 
That's what matters, right? I'm going to make intentional choices about what I do. Another construct. So that's what's important to you then, making intentional choices. I'm just saying I'm going to do that. Just let it out, man. Just cough. You don't even have to try to cover it. I know I'm listening at this point. We're an hour and 15 in. <laughs> Talking but. about fucking ocean, co- recently dead ocean cockroaches. Yeah. Listen, I have like 15 links of severed ears here for you to go through. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we did talk about the whole severed ear thing last time. Hey, Victor, we got to give a shout out to Victor. How you doing, Victor? Hey, Victor. Um, he sent us. He's like, "Don't forget the original severed ear thing." And this was a reference to Universal Soldier, a classic starring Jean-Claude Van Damme and mm-hmm. Dolph Lundgren. Um, and it was their time in Nam when there were no rules, apparently. And Dolph Lundgren's going, I guess he's the sergeant and Van Damme is his underling. But uh, he has a necklace of human ears. Mm, so that was 92. Yeah. So, like, it's this whole, again, this whole eerie epoch of cinema. And that's another entry. So thanks, Victor. Appreciate that. I'd forgot all about that. I haven't seen that movie probably since 1993. So, yeah. And did you did you click on that link I sent you? The Blue yes. Velvet Twin Peaks thing? Yep. Do you think that's poppycock? I'm not sure. Me either. Me either. Apparently the scene in Twin Peaks, the pilot, I guess the European version... Although I would seem to remember that shot from other things. Maybe it was in episode Mm -hmm. two, they said, of the U.S. version. Anyway, there's a shot with, like, a circle, a ring of candles with a mound of dirt. Yeah. And they wanted to, like, Lynch wanted something to put on top of the mound of dirt. And the guy went out to the grip truck and got all this shit and brought it back. He's like, no, no, none of that works. And Lynch was like, oh, wait, and reached into his pocket and pulled out a severed ear, <laughs> which I guess was the prop from Blue Velvet. And it was like <laughs> wrapped in plastic. Let's use this. And they put that in there. So it's kind of indistinguishable, which is why I'm not like totally on right. board with this being legit. But you can't really tell what's in the middle there. And if you could listen be. to this person, could be. The severed ear prop from Blue Velvet, which Lynch was carrying around in a shirt pocket wrapped in plastic. Well, Lynch was planning it, right? He has, like, in his his man cave, in his den, like, a little curio cabinet with, like, various props and things. And there sits the severed ear. So he wasn't necessarily... A couple strands of hair and mold. And he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to take this to the set today. So he wasn't necessarily planning it in. for that shot, maybe, but, like, I know I'm going to use this at some point. Right. It's like, oh, shit, yeah, I or got again, it. again, maybe the way they described I was picturing it maybe being like, he's like, oh, I'm going to put it there. But then he's like, you know, again, for the benefit of the crew and everyone around him, he's just kind of like, instead of being like, oh, let me put this, he's kind of like, oh, I know what this scene needs. You know what? And like, ooh, and pulls out a severed ear. I, You know, like, I it's can. It's more like a. You know, the whole uh, Jimmy Stewart from Mars act. What the hell is Jimmy Stewart from Mars act? Uh, that's the David Lynch's act, Jimmy Stewart from Mars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm never quite sure if he's 
putting on a show or if he's the way he is. Mel okay. Brooks called him that. Jimmy Stewart from Mars. Just had to look it up. That makes sense. Elephant Man era. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, we can put some of these severed ear links. It's a smorgasbord <laughs> of severed ear. I was definitely links. working a lot today at work and not. I hope IT <laughs> goes in and looks up my web history. <laughs> you better pray to God. Like, no, like, no one gets their ears severed at work and they're not sure who may have done it. The police, like, let's. Hand over the web history of everyone in the building. <laughs> no! Fuck! Fuck! Yeah. Hey, we got a little Carter Burwell action here, which I never noticed before also. As it fades to black, mm -hmm. and, and like all we're left with is the googie stars on the side of the bowling alley, we have this like low tonal type music coming in. Yeah. Which is not really a song, but it's kind of like some... It's ambiance. almost like a sound effect. Yeah, it's halfway between like a score and a sound effect. I can only assume that's Carter Burwell again, so there's another contribution. Yeah. And as we transition into the mortuary scene, there's like low tone, again, not quite music, not quite sound effect, more sound effect than music in the background of the mortuary. So they use that as a transition into that scene. There's two seconds of black, and that low tone is there, but that low tone continues for a while into the mortuary scene. So, Do you think, because when the mortuary scene starts, we mentioned how Walter's reading the book, mm -hmm. and he's kind of like spiritual, but at the same time, the dude, I'm going to say he's just kind of staring at that that verse on the wall. Yeah, he's really examining it. And that's why I put this in there. I'm like, I got to know what this means. And this whole passage, all of Psalm 103 is very dudely. If you read mm -hmm. it, it's about like, you know, we're only here for a little while. Don't take shit too seriously. Um, I don't know. It just seemed who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy d diseases, like get it, get over it already. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Satisfy thy mouth with good things. <laughs> He's drinking his Caucasians. I don't know. But do I think what? Well, I just was thinking about Walter being buried in the book. Like he, I don't know, I might be reading a little too much into it. But there's just, I just can't help but feel there's something here. Like Walter isn't necessarily, like he's so in the weeds in the book, he's missing the bigger picture. Right. Yeah. It's just like burn there on the wall, bigger than life. And the dude is just kind of like taking that one thing in and contemplating it and feeling it in some way. In his fucking stoned out way that the dude does things. The dude is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide. Neither will he keep his anger forever. That's Psalm 103 verses eight and nine. He will neither will he keep his anger forever, which the Dudley Lama was telling us that's mm -hmm. the most Buddhist thing that the dude does is, yeah, he gets worked up, but he doesn't hold on to it. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the dude pitieth them that fear him.
For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. Dust that we spread from the back of the poop deck. Next time on Gutterball. And that's for the urn. Don't need it, we're scattering the ashes. <laughs>